1: Well, hello and welcome back in to the Retirement Pathfinder. Glad to have you on the show today. I'm Ben George. They are Bill Gusky and Barbara Lane over at Pathfinder Wealth Management there in Rockford. And we got a good show for you today. We're going to talk some social security myths, maybe some misinformation or common assumptions that aren't always accurate. Maybe that's more appropriate. But either way, Mm. we're going to help clear up some things on social security today. Barbara and Phil, how are you?
2: We're doing great. We're, yeah, we're doing well. If we could just keep the snow and cold weather away, it was went from 85 degrees down to uh, 35 degrees in a week's time here. Oh yeah. Unreal. You ever feel Actually, like Actually, I you're... think it was a day, Phil. Was that? I think it was a day. In Eight? one day, I think it was- Eight, five, yeah. Yeah. What'd you say, Ben? Does your body all ever
1: uh, kind of push back against that? I don't know when the weather changes a lot. You know, oh, you get stopped oh, up yeah. or allergies or just something bothers you, you know?
2: Yeah. That yeah. could
3: be with some people.
2: I think so.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm hopefully we're uh, on the cusp of having the 85 degree weather the, the majority of the time for you guys coming up. But I'm excited for our show today. And I want to let you know, if, if you ever have questions, again, for Barbara and Phil, the best place to start is to schedule a meeting at PathfinderChat.com. But before we even jump into Social Security myths today, I know you all wanted to speak a little bit mm-hmm. about Roth conversions.
2: Yeah, I want to touch on an article by uh, Ed Slott, who really we consider the prophet, the guru. He's kind of like the the voice crying in the wilderness against uh, excessive tax uh, excessive taxes. And he wrote an article here this week out of Investor News Magazine. And he says, uh, Slott urges moving money from traditional IRAs and their tax stench to Roth IRAs, which was kind of a catchy title. And he says in his article that Ed, Ed Slott noticed an odor wafting from traditional individual retirements account. It's the stench of taxes. And he says that (laughs) time is running out for retirement uh, savers to move their money to better places. And what he's basically saying here is because of the uh, SECURE Act, uh, there's many of those loopholes. I don't want to call them loopholes. Many of the planning opportunities that um, we were using before have kind of tightened up. um, As an example, inherited IRAs have to be completely paid out within a 10-year period of time. IRAs, he says, are now awful, horrible assets to use for wealth transfer and estate planning. And so as time goes on here, and he he is, uh, again, raising the hue and cry about excessive taxes, they're going to come. He says an IRA is an IOU to the IRS. How about that for that's a catchy that's slogan, huh? Like that. That's the truth. Yeah, yeah. And he says that, uh, you know, the, uh, the tax advantages that were passed in the Tax Recovery Act in uh, 2017, they're going to exp- expire here very shortly uh, in 2025. And of course, with the gridlock we have in Congress, I doubt that it's going to be extended. So the divided Congress is probably not going to agree on uh, extending that particular tax solution for us. So slot just basically says, hey, it's imperative. We got to go ahead and move our money around to different places to lower the tax rate. He says, it's a bargain now. Taxes are on sale. That's an interesting concept as well. And some of the solutions he recommends here would be conversions to Roth IRAs. And I know that people just hate to pay taxes when they consider doing a Roth conversion. But, you know, are you in a better place to pay the taxes at 22%? Then you would be at forty-two uh, percent, right? Right. Or another one was the QCD, the Qualified Charitable Donation. He says that you know, for those people that are charitably minded, you can go ahead and um, and take your IRA and basically uh, direct it to a charity of your choice and uh, diminish the amount of taxes uh, that you will pay. Plus, uh, it would not even affect uh, your Medicare Part B or Part D mm-hmm. as uh, as it would if you took that RMD out and then donated that money. So. He's saying here, just like uh, he quotes Margaret Mitchell, uh, stating with uh, Gone with the Wind in the last chapter, he says, you have to begin with the end in mind. And we need, as advisors, to show them what they're getting for their money. So it's important for advisors to really step up to the plate and help people to save on taxes with different uh, strategies regarding uh, IRAs and qualified money that really is becoming a, uh, basically it's a dinosaur, but it really is, it's really the, the hidden, um, elephant in the room. It really is. It's going to be a monster as time goes on for people.
3: Yep. Paying tax on the uh, harvest.
2: On the harvest. Exactly right. Instead of the seed itself.
3: Well, QCDs also, by the way, are are available to you after you turn 70 and a half for sending those that money to charities. But yeah, Ed Slot is one of our leading experts. Best time to convert, and we're doing a lot of conversions with our clients, Mm -hmm. is before RMD age. Mm Mm-hmm. So right now that's 73 before your required distributions begin, you know, 10 years down the road, you don't have to begin those until 75. So those are great opportunities to pull that money out and and pay taxes now. Phil, we always ask this, and when we have one of our taxes and retirement classes and we say to people, how many think we're in a high taxing environment and probably just about everybody raises their hand?
2: Yeah, yeah. They tend to forget about what it was like probably... Too young for the forties, fifties, sixties, right?
3: Yep. And so it's not we're we're in the lowest taxing environment today, being the highest bracket is thirty seven percent. Back in the seventies and pre Reagan days, the highest bracket was seventy percent. The nineteen fifties, the highest bracket was ninety percent. So we're in a low low taxing environment today.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting that the movie stars uh, when they were doing multiple movies in the early forties. Went to one movie where they produce one movie instead of two because the second movie they'd have to literally give all their income away that they earned from that movie. That's how high the tax brackets are. Right, were in those isn't, days. It, isn't that wow. funny? Yes, mm-hmm.
3: that's
2: crazy.
1: So that again, Phil, it's a IRA is an IOU for the IRS. Is that right?
2: Yeah. 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 That's right. An IRA (laughs) is an IOU to the IRS. I like that. I like that. Very good. All
1: right. Well, if you have questions about a Roth conversion, whether or not you want to check it out for yourself, see if it's something you need to uh, take advantage of, you can always uh, get in touch with Barbara and Phil at pathfinderchat.com. It's the easiest way to schedule a meeting with Pathfinder, but you can also call 815-399-9806.
0: Hey there, just a quick break from the podcast for a moment to tell you how Barb and Phil are assisting clients every day in the office with some effective tax savings opportunities under the latest Secure Act 2.0 legislation. If you want to find out how much you could save, give them a call and schedule a free 15-minute initial consultation. Call 815-399-9806 or go to pathfinderchat.com. That's pathfinderchat.com and schedule your visit with just a few clicks. We'll also put the contact info in this episode's show notes. Now back to the show.
1: All right. As I've talked about a little bit earlier, we are going to talk about some of the top social security myths in 2023. We have five we want to run through today. It's an important piece of just about everyone's income puzzle that they put together Mm -hmm. in retirement. So I'm sure you probably wondered at some point, is it going to run out of money? Or should I claim my benefits as soon as I'm eligible? Is that the best decision for me and my financial future? Well, let's talk a little bit about this and debunk some of the common myths and maybe hopefully answer some questions people have about Social Security. So what myth do we want to start with?
3: Well, you know, and it's very true, Ben, there are a lot of myths out there. So we're going to cover a handful today. And the first one I'll cover is you won't get any Social Security if you're a stay-at-home mom. Well, if you paid into Social Security for at least 10 years, then you can qualify for benefits, possibly. But you are eligible for Social Security benefits as a stay-at-home mom. If you're married and your spouse is covered by Social Security Mm -hmm. and has worked long enough for benefits, then you may be eligible for Social Security as a spouse. And The benefit is based on your spouse's work record and is 50% of their full benefit amount available to you. Now, if you're divorced and were married for at least 10 years, you may also be eligible for benefits based on your ex-spouse's work record. You must be 62 for these benefits, for any benefits, actually. However, there's an earnings limit. So anytime you collect any benefit before your full retirement age, and if you didn't work, your full retirement age is based on your date of birth. So in in 2023 this year, that limit is $21,000 that you can earn every year. And still collect social security until you reach full retirement age and that year you're allowed to make about fifty six thousand dollars now if you file for benefits and work they hold back benefits if you're over that income limit that's important to remember Uh, you're if you're also caring for a disabled adult child you may be eligible for social security dependent benefits so there are benefits that are available to those who didn't work we're social security experts, Phil and I. So, you know, give us a give us a call or even reach out to us at pathfinderchat.com. We'd we'd be happy to talk to you about any of these myths that we're going to cover.
2: Yeah. Another myth that we see, Barb, is this, that you won't pay taxes on your social security since you already paid taxes on that money when you paid it into the system. Oh, yeah. Well, my response to this myth is that with uh, within every false notion lies an element of truth. So here's the truth part. You know, if you... uh we're getting only Social Security income for retirement. Yes, it is true. You would not pay taxes on 100% of that Social Security. But with everything else in life, it's important to read the fine print. All yeah. right. So here's the backstory on how Social Security has become taxable for the majority of retirees. And I don't know too many people that don't pay income tax on Social Security, but there are some out there. In the years leading up to 1983, Congress became aware there was a huge hole in the social security bucket where funds were paying out faster than they were being collected. And there's some big reasons. And I say, I think there's twofold reasons. Uh, the two biggest are number one in, in 1935, when social security pension was implemented, life expectancy. Now this is discounting newborn mortality. And that's really important because, you know, the newborns had a high mortality rate in that point. But if you discard that the actuarial charge said that, uh, for 61 years, uh, of age, um, uh, White males, okay, uh, that was their life expectancy. White males was 61 years of age. White females, 65 years of age in 1935. For blacks and other minorities, life expectancy was 51 and 55 respectively.
3: That's a huge difference, isn't it? It
2: is. It really it, it says a lot about the transparency of, uh, of health care during that time as well. Uh, so the fund may have actually been liable for only five years with the payment, or maybe not at all. Right. You know, so uh, the intent was to provide a cushion against poverty, as FDR called it. But it was purely a political move because they had no way of determining that there was going to be uh, 65 year olds today having an 85 percent chance or 55 percent chance of reaching age 85 and uh, basically a 65 percent chance for females reaching age 85. So uh, those particular uh, longevity charts have expanded And has literally bankrupted the system. The second big reason for the hole in the Social Security bucket is Congress, along with the president, and that includes all all, uh, of the parties, Republican, Democrats. They believed in borrowing from the Social Security system to pay government programs and other expenditures. In effect, the government issues an IOU to the fund by creating something called a special issue securities that are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. What that literally means is that the taxpayer, taxpayer is on the hook for coming up with the difference. Now, uh, Al Gore called that the lockbox, which was kind of a mis- misnomer. Yeah, lockbox. And uh, what this basically says is that, okay, we have an IOU, but you know what? We have the right of, uh, as go- as the government, to tax uh, taxpayers here, tax the public uh, for the shortfall, uh, for the incompetent and excessive rating of that particular lockbox. So even as uh, this is being attempted to try to solve the problem of this uh, diminishing account, Social Security actuaries have really reported here recently that the surplus funds will be depleted by 2034. Now, we don't want to mislead the public here because that doesn't mean that the Social Security system is out of money completely. What it means is that the surplus is gone And that any payment that is being made is being made by those that are still in the workforce, right? So that means that, uh, by and large, there's going to be a a diminishment or a a lowering of benefits by 25 to 30% for those that are in the system receiving uh, Social Security benefits right now. But getting back to the issue of taxability for Social Security, in 1983, Congress passed a law that up to 50% of the benefit could potentially be taxed depending on the combination of other income. And that would be other income. That would be things like uh, uh, maybe you're still working W-2 wages. It could be uh, dividends. It could be capital gains. Uh, All other sources of income would be added in to come up with this formula, which is really very complicated, to tax up to 50% of your benefit. They later determined in 1993 it was necessary to fix more shortfall to increase the taxability by another 35% hot dog. Yeah. You know, We went to bed one night, got up in the morning, and Congress whipped it on us again, right up to 85% <laughs> at this point. Retirees uh, are going to have to pay, possibly potentially pay um, taxes on their benefits, depending on their AGI, um, if they exceed a certain threshold. Well, what is very disturbing about the depletion of the Social Security Trust Fund is that the fact is 40% of Americans rely solely on Social Security according to a recent published uh, report by National Institute of Retirement Security. 40%, Barb, that's incredible. Yeah, People didn't save any money apart from Social Security, didn't have a pension, didn't have a 401k. And their study determined that 40% of this nation's population would become financially destitute when the bucket runs out. So they'll take a a tax or they'll take a benefit hit by 30% or so because that bucket depletes in 2034, according to the numbers.
3: Yeah, and what are they going to do? I mean, you know, if you're living solely on that, uh, oh,
2: it's it's going to be a dilemma. Uh, I don't know if Congress is going to permit that to happen. We'll see what happens down the road. They've got all kinds of boondoggle solutions, which we'll go over next, I think. And that leads us to the next myth that so, there won't be any Social Security left by the time you retire. Now, <laughs> it's a fact that uh, the existence of our Social Security system is a massive powder keg, or what I call a third rail. You know, in Chicago, they have the elevated trains there, and you never get down on the track because the third rail is what? It's electric, right? That's what okay. they call the third rail. You never want to touch it because you'll get zapped.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no
2: politician will stay in office very long if they sign their name name to a bill that either reduces or eliminates any aspect of the social security system. As one politician says, he's a very humorous politician, Senator Kennedy out of Louisiana. He says,
3: I get a kick out of him. Yeah,
2: he's great. He he says, Who wants to vote against so- Santa Claus?
3: Hmm.
2: You know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to vote against Santa Claus. However, Whatever road Congress travels down to rescue the Social Security system, you can be sure that benefits will be paid. And here are a few of the options that are being considered to fix the leaky bucket. Okay, one way is to raise the full retirement age. So this happens uh, This happened several times over the last decade or so. Uh, full retirement age used to be 65. It's been raised to 66, 66 in four months, uh, 67. And there's much talk around Congress right now to raise the full retirement age to age 70 and also eliminate benefits for the wealthy, whatever that means. Hmm.
3: Who defines that? Huh?
2: Yeah. Can you imagine people paying into the system and never receiving anything? That's been kicked around.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's interesting to note that uh, what would happen uh, if we did, compared to recent events in, in France, you know, Pe- President Macron there uh, reconciled this with, with this reality and instituted a seemingly impossible new rule, raising the retirement age from 62 to 64 in order to keep the system solvent over there. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's interesting to see the response over there because when France did that, there were protests, clashes with the police, and all kinds of riots going on there. Mm. Their response is very telling of the French mindset about the retirement system there. It is a sacred cow, it's their third rail. Sure. From 62 to 64, can you imagine that? Riots and people just uh, yeah. clamoring, clamoring with the police. And it's just incredible to believe that. You know, we just let that go by, right? All right, 65 to 66, 66 to 67, no big deal, right? Another idea to fix the massive deficit in Social Security is to raise the taxes on those still working. This is interesting. The percentage withholding currently is uh, 6.2% on incomes up to $160,200 in 2023. So they tax you on that percentage as an employee up to $160,200. Dollars of AGI. Plus, there's a 1.45% uh, Medicare tax on all earnings. Now, the employer is also responsible for matching 6.2% as well. Well, under President Biden's current proposal before Congress, the ceiling for withholding would climb, now listen to this, bar, from $160,200 in 2023 to $400,000. Now, you know, those rich people out there making $400,000, they should pay more, right?
3: Oh yeah, how much more?
2: Well, let me tell you how much more. You want to find out how much more? Hmm. It goes I don't know. Yeah, how about (laughs) this, Ben? It it goes from ninety one hundred dollars to twenty-four thousand bucks. That's how much the increase would be. And there's actually a campaign afoot called Scrap the Cap, where people are trying to do away with that cap on that on that hundred and sixty thousand or the four hundred thousand. In other words, make it unlimited, right? Mm. And uh, it's incredible. So you'll yet another option is to privatize that particular system. And Sweden did this 30 years ago. A lot of people don't don't know this or are aware of this, but uh, they have one of the best Social Security, Medicare, and health systems in the world, and employees only pay 7% of their paycheck toward this system.
3: What about their income tax rate? Uh-oh.
2: Oh, oh. What about, where's the catch at? Where is the, Where the catch is at is that the employer pays 32%. Okay. 32%, right. That's their contribution to the system. Well, one thing is for certain, Congress must do something more than just kick the can down the road to solve the problem so we don't shift that untenable financial burden to the future generations, Barb.
3: Well, they could even raise that uh, that rate from 6%, even if they dare 6.2 to maybe even 7 to begin with. Well, that's you know? probably I
2: mean, likely to happen anyhow, uh, along with some other measures along the way.
3: Yeah, it'll, I agree. it'll, it'll change at any rate.
0: You know the stock market is unpredictable, but did you know that that volatility can wreak havoc on your retirement savings if you're not prepared? Don't leave your future to chance. Let Pathfinder Wealth Management help you navigate these turbulent waters. With over 70 years of combined experience and a fiduciary responsibility since 1996, they have the expertise to guide you through market ups and downs. Barbara Lane and Phil Guskey are dedicated to educating clients and empowering you to make informed decisions. To get in touch, book a 15-minute chat with them today by visiting pathfinderchat.com and take control of your retirement plan. Don't let market volatility derail your future. Visit pathfinderchat.com or visit the link in the description of today's show. How about the next myth?
3: Yeah, so this is one we hear quite often, and that is you should claim Social Security as soon as you're eligible. Well, this is a per case basis. So the considerations are your health, if you're married. Looking at all assets that provide income in retirement, the biggest consideration is what are your expenses in retirement. Some need to collect to pay their bills and others don't necessarily need the benefits so then you can decide based on the factors that I just mentioned when to collect. So if you're married that is a big consideration because you want the highest income earner to wait as long as possible because typically women live longer, she'll have that highest benefit when she needs it the most. Even if the uh, male outlives, even if the husband outlives the wife, I mean, he still has that higher, again, higher benefit when he will need it the most as he ages. Ideally, if you wait until full retirement age, you're then able to get your full benefit. After full retirement age, you get an 8% per year higher benefit for each year that you wait. By the way, the break-even point is around age 80. So between age 80 and 82, if you live to that age, it's all the same benefits, whether collecting at 62, full retirement age, or 70, or somewhere in between. If you just live to age 80, it's paid out all the same in benefits. So sometimes people will consider waiting until 70 because people are living longer. And then if you live beyond age 80, then you've got that highest benefit for, of course, when you need it the most. You've you've been able to capture that.
2: Well, it's the other thing that I find, Barb, is that people are claiming uh, Social Security at age sixty-two, which is a minimal age to to claim it. Correct? Right. And and the reason being is that they say, "Well, I'm not going to live that long." And what they're doing mm-hmm. is they're they're judging their life expectancy based on their parents and grandparents' True. ages, and taking uh, forgetting about the whole idea of longevity here and and life expectancy increasing, and so really they're shortchanging themselves by taking it at that particular age. And we try to discourage that as much as we can.
3: Yeah, because, you know, the question is then, you know, well, what if? What if you did? You know, what if you do live a longer life? So uh,
2: Oh, you could be losing out on literally thousands and thousands of dollars.
3: Yeah, once you start claiming, then that's it. So you're done. It is a final decision in most cases. So then I'm going to go over the very last one, which is Social Security benefits are only for U.S. citizens. Well, in most cases, benefits are available to non-U.S. citizens. Foreign spouses generally qualify for Social Security as long as your spouse has worked long enough, which is 40 qualifying quarters or 10 years. The foreign spouse will likely uh, qualify receiving half of the U.S. citizen's benefit. And non-citizen ex-spouses also may be able to qualify for benefits of a divorced spouse. Uh, The same goes, just as a side note here, the same goes for Medicare. If your citizen spouse has worked 40 quarters to qualify for a Social Security benefit, you're entitled to receive Medicare Part A because of their earnings history. So there are some benefits available. You uh, definitely would want to check into that if you're not a citizen.
2: Well, the big idea from our section here, Barb, to me is I just can't get over the idea that 40% of the U.S. population is depending solely on Social Security for their yeah their income. That just is unreal.
3: Pensions are gone.
2: Pensions are gone. They don't save in 401ks, and so you know, word to the wise: go out there and encourage your kids, grandkids to save a, apart from Social Security because that system may be gone at some point in the, in the future.
3: Well, and so uh, for all of our listeners, you're going to want to listen to our upcoming podcast in two weeks because we talk about saving and how to do that, even if you have current debt, and just uh, just to start saving something. So you'll want to stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, some great information about Social Security. Again, it's a lot of people just kind of assume, hey, I turn a certain age, turn it on to collect my paycheck every month, and that's it. But there's a lot more that goes into it. And you want to have those conversations with your financial professional. If you don't have one yet, the folks over at Pathfinder Wealth Management, Barbara and Phil and their team will be happy to assist you. You can always reach out via the website, pathfinderchat.com. Again, pathfinderchat.com. You can schedule a meeting right there through the website, or you can call as always 815-399-9806. Barbara and Phil, as always, we appreciate your time on Roth conversions and social security, two very important topics And we hope we help some people out today. Yes, we hope so too. Y'all have a good day, good week, and we'll talk to you soon here on the Retirement Pathfinder.